caramba, a little bit of something uh, Mexican-ish for you, because uh, we're uh, linking up now with our uh, Latin American correspondent, John Bonfilio. Always a pleasure. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I'm fine. Yourself? All good, thank you. All the better for hearing your voice. Oh, bless you. Bless you. And, and me, the same applies in reverse. Now, um, we're going to talk Bolsonaro because uh, he's, um, he's celebrating a year in office. Um, not universally popular, I would say. So what, what, what's your uh, assessment of his, his first year in office? I, I mean, there's so much with the international political cycle these days, just a totally polarised... Um, situation. I think his, for sure his supporters would say that actually he's been a significant success, but there's plenty of others that, that would say entirely the reverse. I mean, essentially, he is, uh, was and is a law and order politician. I mean, he, he positioned himself as an outsider to the political cycle, but really he'd been a senator for 30 years and really at the very extreme end of the right in terms of, uh, of his politicking during that time and for sure an apologist for for the military dictatorship that had uh, ruled Brazil prior to in the kind of 70s, 60s, 70s and, and he, his primary support was what's often referred to as the Bible, the bullet and beef, so yeah. the evangelicals essentially um, agribusiness and largely, you know, any big industry if you like, extractionist businesses and the bullet in the sense of not just the military who supported him but also uh, police Anybody who really had a, uh, a vested interest or a belief in the state coming down on, on criminality in a very kind of uh, hard-handed uh, way. And to some extent, he maintains that core base. The evangelicals are still with him. Uh, Agri-business, uh, pretty much the case as well. And although he's kind of ostracized the military, or rather his sons have ostracized the military, to some extent, really that support base remains there. By his own measures, I think there are three areas to... You know that he got elected on that you would I guess kind of gauge his presidency on today the economy corruption um, and also a reduction in in crime and, and violence and it's not been remarkably considering the kind of guy that he is it's not been an unmitigated disaster mm -hmm. I mean he has actually managed to reduce homicides by about a fifth over the course of the last year that reduction actually began before he he came into power but essentially crime has gone down um, not successful in, the, in a corruption context. I mean, corruption has been sticking to him like tar recently, and again, his son's at the centre of this. Uh, links to paramilitary gangs, photos taken, phone calls made between those, between his people and those people. And the economy was looking as though it was going to tank, but it's it's creeping up a little bit as well. So I guess partial, a partial success, uh, partial success there. Um, as ever, depending on how you look at it or who looks at it. People who are anti-Bolsonaro would, would say it's a terrible uh, situation, state of affairs. But his supporters will say that actually he's taking Brazil in the right way and 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 a direction that Brazil absolutely needed it to go. Yeah, and, and what worries the world about Bolsonaro is the the deforestation. I mean, you know, you mentioned beef was a big thing for him, and uh, they're cutting down. Uh, I mean, this has been going on for some time, even before him, hasn't it? But they are. There's a lot of deforestation goes on. Yeah, ab absolutely. And as you say, um, there was record record fires in the Amazon this year, not just in Brazil, but also in Bolivia and Peru. So it's not just an exclusively um, Brazilian problem. And actually, um, this being the first year that he's in power, um, it's not necessarily something you can lay at his door. And what um, I would argue sensible readers of the situation uh, would say is actually the worry is that 
the policies he's bringing into play in terms of the liberalizing of the breakup of the Amazon uh, and loggers and extractionists going in is that we actually haven't seen the effects of that yet. So actually the effects of deforestation in the Amazon that we're seeing now are actually to do with previous administrations and it's only going to get worse now based on based on the the policies that he's that he's bringing in. I think it's not just the Amazon. I mean obviously in my environmental um, you know, catastrophe and deforestation and not just in a Brazilian context, but what that means globally is of significance. But mm. I think there's also some more kind of quiet, um, nefarious effects to side effects to his, uh, to his presidency, which are, which are definitely going to not only impact Brazil, but impact, um, political maneuvering more broadly. Something we've seen recently take place in, I mean, he's been very vocal about uh, the liberal left-wing agenda being peddled in schools by by teachers and university administrators. So there's been a big movement, a big social movement recently in which um, grassroots right-wing, extreme right-wing organizations have been, I mean, I'm going to use the word deliberately radicalizing young people to go in and counter those arguments, um, arguing again that climate change is a Marxist plot, um, and that uh, the only way f to to deal with Brazil's problems is to uh, kind of bring in an evangelical right, uh, free market, neoliberal economic mm. model, um, and that actually any kind of social social justice is really just pandering to um, to criminal um, circles, if if you like. And schools and universities right up and down the country are seeing a, a, a huge amount of. Uh, conflict internally at the moment in terms of what's taking place and the kind of the tools that, that these radicalized young people are taking into into these environments and I think that modus operandi this uh, this strategizing from the right we're going to see uh, probably right across Latin America more broadly internationally without a doubt over the course of the next few months and years. Yeah and from the complete opposite um, political standpoint uh, Venezuela what's the latest there is there any light at the end of that tunnel any any signs of hope there? I mean, no more than the kind of the dim light that we've come to see over the course of the last couple of months in a in a day-to-day -day context in Venezuela. Nothing changes. I mean, it it, it is a horrific day-to-day -day situation. Um, I think from a distance, it seems as though there's you know there's no way of getting through uh, those hours and days of people that are there. But the truth of it is, is that they've established parallel systems. Whether that's uh, with uh, uh, with a dollar or with cryptocurrency or with or with bartering like but there are there are ways in which because we're now into a second year of mm. hyperinflation here this is not a new you know new daily situation that people are dealing with there for sure it it impacts uh you know poverty rates over 90 percent we've spoken about before it impacts on the health safety and life expectancy of people there but those people who have actually managed to um, to, to make things work who haven't left the country have just managed to imagine parallel systems with which to um, to get through the peace talks uh, in inverted commas very much in inverted commas that are taking place between Guaido's people and Maduro's people continue uneasily forward uh, but I don't see that being something which is going to emerge um, you know with anything tangible for people on the ground any day soon I think that's a long extended process which any day which those talks don't collapse I think is a good day yeah. Uh, okay, well, John, thank you ever so much for uh, joining us and bringing us up to uh, date on all that. And uh, we'll talk again soon, if that's okay. Take care, Martin. Good man. Uh, John Bonfilio there joining us from Mexico. He's our Latin uh, American correspondent.
alongside Latin America correspondent. If you want to follow the US election cycle or any other international election cycle, which may be of interest, we also take requests on Spotify. We're also on, I've forgotten it, what is it? Uh, Dropbox. No, not Dropbox, on Spotify. On Spotify. Oh, are we on Dropbox as well? Are we? Or is it SoundCloud? Wait, no, Spotify. Look, just forget all that stuff. Just Spotify. Follow Speakeasy Politics on Spotify. Say the name again. How hard can it be? Say the name again. Bye.